No, no, it's not as good as the other one. I don't know what you mean by good. Neither do I. Just do another one. You know I have actual assignments that I have to finish for art school? Shut up and do more art for me. Once again, everyone, it is this week in Mormons slash Latter-day Saints. We are here to bring you another week of frivolity and hardcore complex analysis of the salient issues of our day. Well, I wouldn't, this wouldn't be possible, though, by myself. No, no, no. You wouldn't want to hear that. I am joined once again by expat no more, one Jocelyn Regina Gleave. <clears throat> Regina. I, I like I, that. I thought it you seemed like one maybe no. Nope. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. No Regina. But I am impressed that you actually got the Jocelyn instead of a Josephine. What I usually, is your I usually middle, get Josephine. What is your middle name, date of birth, and the name of your first pet? Um I will not respond except to tell you that I do not have a middle name, so I usually can't answer that question. <sighs> Fine. Yeah. But expat no more. I don't know about this, Jeff. We'll see. That is still well, to I, be I only determined. Meant, I wasn't like declaring a, a final status. I just mean the fact that you're stateside right now. That's, I am. That, in, I am stateside. I am currently in Dallas, and the weather is weird here. And how so. is Dallas? Did you take my suggestion to go to Six Flags yet? Did no, I, uh, <laughs> I've not? I've not been to Six Flags yet. I actually do kind of work, you know, every day. Well, most days. Um. And no, so I mean, Dallas has been fine, despite not having gone to Six Flags yet. Um, there are... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else worth living then, but okay, fine. I guess not. Whatever you think. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I There are some parts of it that have been kind of a pleasant surprise and others that feel like they're as expected. So I feel a bit lukewarm about it all. Okay. I mean, it's green, has a nice skyline. I like that. Dallas has a nice skyline. Like the city skyline. That's kind of pretty. Like that one building that has like the big ball on top of it? Is mm. that why? Uh, I haven't been to that one yet. I, no, I do know what you mean. The one that kind of looks like a giant dandelion. Uh, what's Some, it? I just don't yeah. know what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I almost went to a silent disco there, and I'm actually pretty bummed out that I missed that. That would have been, I think, a huge boost in my excitement over Dallas. So sometimes I wish I were still in my twenties. You know, I mean, the things you're doing are silent discos. You're missing yeah. out. I don't. I don't do the silent disco. We do very much loud discos, so the boys can get their dance on. They do I'm very right weird. Mo- they too. do very strange moves. That very, is fantastic. Very strange moves. Well, you know, they're learning. They're figuring out how to, you know, isolate different parts of their body. Which, I mean, admittedly, my husband is still trying to figure out. In Turkey, we actually saw this. We saw this belly dancer at dinner. I think he didn't really realize there was going to be belly dancers at dinner, but spent most of the time just going. I don't understand how this like works. <laughs> I think that's just because you're a white man who can't actually shake his hips. So we're working on that. Now, now, what about you? But, are you equally awkward, or can you show? Oh, totally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, both of my parents were actually dancers. It has. Not entirely been passed on to the next generation, so. But I, I'm not horrible. But no one's going to pay me to do it either. So, there's that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's tremendous. That is. <laughs> oh come on! It's not like you're much better, Jeff. 
Oh, I have dance moves. You see, my sure. wife, during the years of our courtship, used to throw 30-minute dance parties. Okay. You showed up and you could dance for 30 minutes, then it cut off. This was a weeknight extravaganza. This sounds like musical chairs. Uh, no, it's not musical chairs. You show up, you dance for 30 minutes, you go home, you go about your day. You could do this anytime. You could go to Institute and then come to a 30-minute dance party and then move on. This was the you single scene in Institute. the Washington, D.C. area. Yep. One of the best in the country. I might I just, you know, great people all around. I loved her 30-minute dance parties because I wanted to court her and spend time with her. And so I went – because normally I probably would not go to such a thing. But <laughs> You but won her over with your moves, didn't you? I'm way more inclined to like – Moves like Jagger? It, just, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'd rather just like – Watch some sad band play and have it be raining outside. Doesn't that sound like more fun? Oh, God. Yeah. No. I'm an I'm an emo kid. Come on. Cheer up. I was gonna kid. say, this is from like that era of uh, like weird punk emo rock that was just disgusting through all of my junior high era. Well that's we've had this debate a few times on this show. Have we? Uh, that's oh. not that's not really emo. People think of like my chemical romance or panic at the disco or something. No, no, no. No, no. It's all about late nineties Midwestern emo. That's the good stuff. Just all about your feelings. All about the feels. I mean, you could have also gone to a poetry reading. Also no. another alternative. The last time I went to a poetry meeting was with my now wife. She used to mentor a a middle school girl. And this girl decided to compete in a poetry competition at her middle school. So I went with her to support her. And it was a very enjoyable evening. I loved watching like 13-year-olds <laughs> bust out their original poetry. It was pretty awesome. Like so angsty. <laughs> no, a lot of it was fine. There's one that stuck out. Like there, this was something straight out of a movie because there was one who was way advanced in her love of poetry beyond the others. And she'd get up Aww. and give these passionate soliloquies. Like she, she, there, we still quote this. There was a poem where she, she kept saying, "My father has many faces," and the poem discussed all the various faces metaphorically of her father. This was this was real. I was like, "Dude, this has gotten serious. This is we're not messing around anymore." So kids, kids are thinking about stuff. Everybody, remember that if you've got a fourteen-year-old, no, they're thinking about things. They're thinking. Real. They're thinking. Yeah. Well, so good for them. Otherwise, we're just, you know, hanging out here and living the dream in D.C. We're just psyched about the temple coming back online. And when is that again? Not until the fall is when we have the open house. Okay. So we've got some time. That would be nice. But it's going to be great. So other than that, things are just, just chugging along here. Hunky oh, door, ch- you know. Chugging get, along. Getting ready for spring. And uh, I thought about taking my kids to see Onward, but now we're all freaked out about coronavirus. I don't want to take my kids anywhere. Poor what's kids. on? What's onward? It's the latest Pixar film. Oh, oh gosh, I'm out of the loop. Yes, you are. It's about elves, but they don't have magic anymore, and they gotta they gotta get the magic back by listening to My Chemical Romance. And um, <laughs> oh, is that how it works? Excellent. They just listen to Helena all day long. Um, anyway, coronavirus is legit, though. I mean. I it's know that thing. I know that we don't want to sensationalize it, and I know there's many who say people don't blow this out of proportion, but it's kind of like all-consuming right now. I don't know. For everyone who's constantly like, oh, the media is just blowing this out of proportion. Yes, some of the media, but also like you can you have control over your emotions, people. You don't have to freak yourselves out. Just because your neighbor has bought 16 packets of toilet paper doesn't mean that you also need them. Just 
some thoughts that and you know the, the toilet i will the say toilet that paper I, thing is mad but i mean singapore did it as well so I do we are no a, better it's at least kind of spurned us to action i've never been that good about just the emergency preparedness food storage type things and even though some of that is not going to help us in the event of a true outbreak uh, you know, of a pandemic of some sort. I guess the upside is I'm just, I'm worth my wife and I've been thinking about that more. We actually started buying a bunch of emergency preparedness type things and, sto- and started storing things. And even if it has nothing to do with coronavirus, we're, I'm, I, for the first time in my life, I'm taking food storage seriously. Hmm. So that's the upside. I imagine I'm not alone in that. I think do you feel better about yourself. Well, it's good to have the, you know, some of the food storage sorted out. You know, we got some bottles in the water and a, a, all the stuff you need, the evaporated milk. Haven't gone as far as to venturing out to the storehouse to acquire paid materials, you know, some canned stew, canned be- canned green beans. The storehouse is a wonderful, wonderful place, but we are very stuck in like the greatest of Americana when it comes to the food offering you can get. <laughs> They're the worst. Like, can you imagine if the church had just like stayed in like they went to England and then just stayed there and built that up as our Utah. And we'd all have like canned beef Wellingtons instead of this weird beef stew that we keep getting. I just, yeah, we don't have the greatest of food. I'm surprised the jello doesn't come in a can. Like everything from the 1950s seems to be bottled up in that well, storehouse. Well, I mean, it's about what keeps. Right. And so, but uh, sure, we could evolve. I mean, I'd love it if they had canned like tikka masala. Or I was going to say, that, I'm pretty like, sure a chicken tikka could be just happy, you know, happy go lucky in a little can. I'd rather have saying. that than a, than a beef stew or something along those lines. So that's fair. I mean, Maybe they can evolve. I like a beef stew. I'm just saying, I don't want to have it every single day of being isolated because of Corona. One of the best things you can get at the storehouse um, is pudding mix. But, like, oh. they only sell it in quantities to make. And I don't know if it's resealable by memory. But basically, they assume that you are rearing a Utah family and you need to make Utah quantities of pudding to feed this family. So, i.e., you're, it's like a three-gallon thing of pudding. It's legit. It what is, is this ton- pudding? Is it like, do you mean it's like just, custard? No, like chocolate pudding. You know, just chocolate pudding. Like pudding. Not in the British sense of, you know, let's bring out the pudding. No, like... <laughs> <laughs> just yeah i understand that Josie, you've been gone for too long for just just chocolate pudding you know just do you it's an american staple chocolate pudding I, I i i remember never liking pudding but i'm trying oh to gosh. figure out is it actually like custard pudding and jello were never my jam i mean i guess actually i take that back there was pudding. a phase where i really enjoyed pudding and had one bad experience with it and then never again anyways nope. pudding, pudding is delicious pudding is mm. wonderful no, you should eat a dessert that requires your teeth to munch no, on something. That's the fun of pudding. Except ice cream. That's the only one that gets a pass. Pudding, you just you just glide it down your throat. It's so tasty. That's so disgusting. easy. We're moving on. Back to corona, actually. Oh, fine. Tell me about the coronavirus, the issues that really matter. Yes. The issues that really Go matter. Ahead. Okay, so some guy, apparently, poor dude, actually was infected with the virus, didn't know, wasn't symptomatic, went to church in Newcastle, England, and infected a couple of other people. So that meeting house is closed um, until further notice or until the end of March. The Rome Temple is closed. Seattle Temple is closed. And um, yeah, so um, 
that's that's a bit of a bummer. I mean, this is following also like most of Asia, also kind of having a lot of all of yeah. those temples pretty much closing, and um, Singapore still is not going back to church. A lot of this again is just precaution. So I think I think a lot of this problem comes from like you know when you think of buildings closing down or you know your work telling you to stay at home and just work from home for the next week or so or not being able to go to church i you know we feel like that's really quite drastic and you know this is still something serious but it's also not like the zombie apocalypse so oh man i do not want still to get worse but i i secretly really want the government to say people just telework now just stay at home so I could just work at home for like weeks. That'd be awesome. See, this is what I mean. Like, at least in some sort of sense, everyone who's freaking out about this idea of us having to work from home, there's at least half of you who are secretly hoping now, it happens. And to be fair, okay, <laughs> I, I secretly hope this happens because of the type of work I do, which I can do very easily from any pretty much any location. But I completely recognize that a lot of people who work more in the service industry or in other jobs, being told you can't come into work means you can't do your job. And that means yeah. you don't have any income. And that becomes a much bigger issue uh, for, for those individuals. Definitely. Like, you know, and that's what I, I feel yeah. for them. You know, even whether you're an Uber driver or whether you are working at Wendy's or anything in between. Or the grocery store or. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You can't All actually, sorts of things. If you're not working more in the information industry where you can just hop on a computer and keep doing your job, then that that presents a serious, a serious issue. I mean, you could even be a contractor, you know, yeah. you're not going to want to put your crews out there doing any work. So that's when it becomes. Uh, a much bigger issue. So I shouldn't be so selfish because... No, I mean, I understand. I think we, you know, just as much as like you and I are not in, you know, like we're not of senior age. So for the most part, even if we get it, we're going to be pretty much fine. Um, we're not like those at risk. And so it's really easy to just go, most people are not at risk, but, you know, obviously some people still are and they really don't want to catch it. Whereas like... If I catch it, I'm honestly not that fussed because <laughs> I feel pretty confident that um, I can, one, quarantine myself and also, two, be able to recover from it. Um, so, you know, in interesting times, kind of scary times, but also oh, try not to freak out. Oh, you're in your 20s. You have a great immune system. Ooh. I don't have a great immune system. I just don't have cancer that could be, you know, really bringing down the immune yeah, system. Yeah, that would be terrible. That would be a bummer. So, so I'm, um, I'm, I'm a little more worried about it than now. I mean, obviously, of course, there's the church part of it. I mean, even locally, we had one of our first cases in Virginia. It was actually pretty close to where I am. And I don't know if you saw that now the church just announced that a Utah was recently diagnosed with a novel coronavirus from attending a basketball game at Brigham Young University on February 22nd. For those of you that know this game, that was when BYU upset Gonzaga. 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 (laughs) I don't know what either of those are. They upset Gonzaga and, Gonzaga. It, and everyone freaked out and thought it meant that BYU was going to win every championship in the history of, of the world. But he went to that game. So someone who was diagnosed went there. They've stressed that the risk of contamination is low, but uh, Utah's got cases now. It's just, like you said, there's all these restrictions everywhere. Rome Temple, Seattle Temple's closed. How many other temples are going to close down? Mm. When will the madness stop? I don't know. I'm. I'm. When we uh, all get I'd it, like it and then it just kind of dies out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
I feel like the odds makers increasingly are going to favor general conference having to be canceled altogether. I mean, we already knocked out the leadership yeah. sessions. I just, I really wonder how long they're going to, general conference is only what, three weeks away. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, speaking of people who would be potentially at risk, so there's, you know, kind of at least 12 of them. <laughs> yeah. They got to cancel this thing just for the 12. It has nothing to do with all the other people in attendance. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. guys, the president's um, 95. But on a slightly good note, I know Hong Kong and Singapore are, you know, they haven't been able to attend church for, let's see, probably going on like three weeks now. Um, a while, yeah. Yeah. And so they are trying to come up with very creative ways that they can worship and minister from afar. Um, you know, they're, I, at least like with my WhatsApp groups with, um, you know, our Relief Society and with the ward, we get messages every single week, sometimes from a different member of the state presidency, all with kind of like little inspirational messages. Um, there, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, the needs of the elderly can be met or those who may be, you know, more susceptible and also trying to come up with ways that you can help those who are out of work. Like, so as you mentioned, um, that maybe we're a little bit behind the curve on this one of trying to come up with, you know, if you really can't go to your job, you know, how do we, how do we help you out? How do you get support from the church? So um, that'll be interesting to see. I go back to Singapore March 20th. So maybe there's a little bit of news there, although maybe not because uh, you're still not doing much seeing face to face. So we'll see. Um, I, w- I really wonder how long it's going to be until they either, I guess the first step would be to somehow modify how we take the sacrament. Or oh, don't, or thank don't. heaven. I mean, that one's about time. Or so. don't. Uh, that'd be the first step. I, I really don't know if they would say, hey, let's, if you have the priesthood in your home, have the sacrament privately in your home. Like we give a blanket of a stake president. Yeah. could A stake president could, in theory, give a blanket authorization to do that. And then if there, there are people who don't have the priesthood in their home, of course, you know, ministering brothers and what have you would go and take care of it. Yeah. I could see that happening. And then eventually they might say, don't come to church. But we do have to we do yeah. have to like err on the side of caution. I've been in some meetings and I've been surprised where some people have said things like, Folks, the Lord will provide. He will take care of us. And I'm like, No. No. Like he, I mean he will, but like we have to do our part. Yeah. Like, yeah, we should buy the hand sanitizer jugs. Like we should just have these around the building just as a good a good best practice, just in case. I think that's smart. Let's not just say, Don't worry about it, folks. We're gonna be fine. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. We were we were also given brains to be able to attempt to think smart thoughts and protect ourselves. Precisely. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're a genius, Josie. I'm, Thank I'm you. Here, I'm here for you. Um. So, last one on the corona, which would be that um the church is trying to still like um provide some medical supplies where it's needed. So we delivered a hundred thousand masks to a Korea- South Korean city, which I cannot remember how to pronounce Daegu I think it's Seoul. Daegu it's called, it's called Seoul. no it's not Seoul it's the other one I think it's Daegu anyways um, they've been pretty hard hit by the virus and struggling to get medical supplies because um, masks are selling out so um, we donated two different batches of it so good on us and we're the best that will be helpful yeah we're so amazing we are the, we are the very best so so world. amazing um yeah. Do you want me to just continue on with international news? 
No, first I will lead into international news with the exciting hot story about Elder Bednar, going, ah. who visited a country. Th- this is international news in a sense, but yeah, it is. a country it you don't think about an apostle visiting because it has never happened in the history of the church until this point. Elder David A. Bednar went to the wonderful, beautiful African nation of Sudan. Now, where is Sudan, you might ask, if you don't know? Well, I'll paint you a, a, a word picture. Picture, if you will, Egypt, right there in the northeast wedge of Africa. And right beneath it, to the south, is Sudan. Sudan has had many problems over the past number of years. Notably, it it was ruled by a strong-armed dictator for a very, very, very long time, who stepped down a few, 18 months ago, two years ago now, maybe. And there's been what we will charitably call political disagreements since that time, and civil disagreements. And they're still kind of putting the pieces back together in the country. There's sort of a transitional government. Sudan is sort of flirting with democracy. It's an Islamic country. We don't know what'll happen. Anyway, there's four, and also the southern part of Sudan broke off a number of years ago and became an independent country, unfortunately just called South Sudan. I think they should have gone with a cooler name just to distinguish themselves further. And South Sudan is also mired in civil war. And the reason they broke South Sudan is actually uh, black and the rest of Sudan is Arab. So they split so that the Christian black people in the south did their own country. And now the Arabs and the rest of Sudan are doing their thing. There was a lot of issues there. So Elder Bednar, uh, you know, with his wife, went to Sudan for like four days. This wasn't just like a stopover in Khartoum, the capital, and then onward he went, you know, to to Amman or something like that. He spent four days in Sudan visiting with dignitaries and what have you. He visited uh, Omer Dahab, who was Sudan's former, former acting minister of foreign affairs and permanent representative to the United Nations. This individual has previously visited church headquarters in Salt Lake City, uh, even participated in an international law and religious symposium at, at BYU. And so they, uh, they they chatted and talked about what's going down in Sudan. Some of the language in this piece is kind of hilariously euphemistic in a way, because it just says, like, the needs of the Sudanese people were the topic of discussion during the meetings with the Minister of Labor and Social Development. The current government of Sudan is working hard to overcome the challenges Sudan has faced in the past and to take care of its citizens and refugees. I want to say all this is true, but it's a very nice way of saying Sudan's kind of a mess right now, and let's hope for good things in the future. Regardless, I think this is a very interesting move because I don't think there's a chance missionaries, for example, are going to be in Sudan anytime soon, you know, barring some sort of extremely amazing transparent revolution but even then even in the more liberal muslim countries in the region like the muslim arab countries it's not like in the uae or bahrain they might have some freedom to worship and assemble but we don't have missionaries on the streets we don't have missionaries in jordan we don't even have missionaries in israel right and you know in a jewish state and so it's uh i just think this is a very interesting visit it's kind of cool that they went out of their way to do this i don't know what's going to become of it what did the lord reveal to the church leadership that said this is like a visit that needed to be made that's what I, I will never, we won't know perhaps for who knows how long, but I love to think about that. Like what, when they were scouting out places to go, this Sudan was where they needed to send hmm. old David Bednar, who likely did all of his meetings in a, a structure of just saying like, I'm going to explain to you a thesis, then I'm going to support what I'm going to say to you with three anecdotes, and then I'm going to close my, my thoughts to you, and then you may respond. So it's going to be great. It's awesome. I would just love to know 
like what this trip, what this kind of trip is meant to accomplish. Um, like, as you said, the press release is a little, I, I felt like it was a little too cheerful, very much like, ooh, the government is doing their part. They're super dedicated to like supporting their citizens. And it felt a little propaganda to me, not saying that that was the intent. Um, but I, I guess I just don't understand like what the intent of these visits are. Are we going there to influence the government or are we just trying to keep ties open for like humanitarian aid opportunities? Could be part it of just, it. Yeah. Influencers, uh, y'all. It, yeah. We are influencers. Yeah, it had some it was it was interesting. I I just wish I had more information on like what is the goal here? Well, part of that's just never revealed in the moment, right? I mean, that's what the, we might not know the goal. This might just be something yeah. that Salt Lake is more aware of, and it's a good thing for us to keep tabs on and nurture some. Rela- I mean, like clearly, we have a pre-existing relationship there with one of those individuals, and that's an end to. I think the church is not going to turn down the chance Chat to have a good people. to have a good relationship with any country, especially somewhere like this, like Sudan. Even if it, at bare minimum, it means that Latter Day Saints could be free to at least assemble and worship there, even if we have no missionaries or anything else, because that hasn't been the case in previous years. Yeah. The, the previous regime was pretty pretty strong-armed about everything. So I'm sure good things will come of it. Hmm. You may now do Th- international thank news you. if you want. I, You're welcome. I, I was going to go for it anyways. So All right. Fair um, Cambodia has celebrated their first generation from the BYU Pathways Connect program. So 21 students completed the program, and many are continuing other studies, either with BYU or elsewhere. And that's a big win for Cambodia. So there's a big push for um, education there. So hurrah. And Latter-day Saint Charities, getting the name correct here, uh, donated some water tanks to a primary school property in the Solomon Islands, where the students previously had to walk about a kilometer into the forest to retrieve drinking water when they were thirsty. Um, so this has removed a big barrier for them cool. that they can at least, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, don't have to go on a hike when they're already dehydrated. Um, and then a small congregation on, oh man, I should have looked this one up too. I think it's what, nope, it's an island in New Zealand. Sorry, I'm not going to go for it because I'm just going to butcher it. Come um, on. Yeah. Yeah, I should have looked it up and listened to the sound back, but I forgot. So this why, island, why hecky? Why that's a, I'm not sure if that's quite right. Why um, So they have begun holding uh, like a small little Sunday meeting congregation on the island instead of traveling the one and a half hours to Auckland, which would have been by car, by ferry, and then by bus, trying to get to a chapel. Um, And a lot of this kind of came about. There was one family of like seven who stopped attending church in Auckland because the ferry cost alone for them was like over $100, and it was just more than they could spare each week for transportation. That's that's tough. Um, Yeah, so they and then like a couple of other couples, I think, on the island got together. They, you know, have upwards of 15 people attending their cute little service and it's on the rise and they're happy as clams. So, so, so for some context, uh, why Island, uh, lonely planet rates it as the fifth best region in the world to visit. Well, it has a, it has a population of only about 10,000 people. Yeah, you can see it. So it's in the Gulf and it's, it's not far off the coast of, of the, North Island to get into Wellington, but obviously that would pr- represent a hassle 
to get mm. to it. So that's really fun. Most people live on the western end. I'm just looking at Wikipedia right now. That's my source right now, everybody. So th- it could be lying to me completely. Mm, but I think that's pretty awesome. Good for them. I love it when the church does this. When uh, we're even in my stake right here, um, there's two stakes that feed into a singles ward. We have a single stake here, a separate stake, but there's two feeder sticks for it. But so the ward itself is farther north, kind of a bit of a, it's a hassle. Like if you had to go, that's probably a half hour drive or something like that, which is more than most people out here want to do. So we currently have a, a group as they call it meeting in my own building where the members of that ward, but that live down here in our stake are meeting as a group. And that's sort of the first step before, before breaking off and being your own branch or ward. And I love that the church will, you know, accommodate that and just say, all right, you got the people meet on your own. It's okay. It's better than going less active because people can't spend a hundred dollars for a ferry ticket. I didn't know that you could actually do that specifically. I mean, you like can't just go rogue. You have to get permission. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, sure. But, um, 30, ha- 30 minutes drive. Well, yeah, well, it <laughs> happens sorry. a lot in areas where, yeah, where it's not, all, all these different factors and have to come together, right? Yeah, basically you have to have enough members that would merit meeting in some capacity, not farther away where you normally would meet. And it has to be an inconvenient enough distance yeah. where you can justify and say, okay, there's enough of you in this one spot. You're not your own branch yet. You're meeting as a group, which essentially means you are a subset of the branch reward you're in. You still have like your branch president who's elsewhere, but you can meet independently. It's like an autonomous region of a branch or a ward and someday it might get bigger i mean i saw this on my mission a few times too there you'd see like just a group would finally spring up somewhere that was an hour away from where the ward met in spain and hopefully someday that breaks off and becomes its own branch and ward as well but these are good accommodations to make yeah oh great well there we go went from the virus to some slightly happier news indeed let's go to Oh, what the heck. The least happy news of the week for many people. Now, if you've been listening to the show for the past couple of weeks, you know that in conjunction with the church releasing its updated handbook of instruction, Brigham Young University updated its honor code. We've talked about this a lot for the past couple of weeks. Uh, And the updated honor code deleted a portion of text. And that's all it said. It's just they just deleted a section that basically said that uh, engaging in any sort of homosexual displays or behavior uh, was an honor code violation. And because this was removed and then people asked the church about it and the church just kind of, BYU just kind of said like, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. And because we're in the era of just botched messaging lately for some reason from church institutions, um, people said, okay, so we know that the law of chastity still stands as it should. So you can't have sexual relations, whether you are straight or gay, but Essentially, BYU is saying if you want to kiss or hold hands with someone of the same gender, it's no longer an honor code violation. That's what everyone took it to mean. Until last week, when wonderful Elder Paul V. Johnson, a General Authority seventy, uh, who heads up part of the uh, communicate or the the curriculum and the church end of things as a General Authority seventy, released a statement. Seeking to clarify, he's the commissioner of the church educational system, uh, seeking to clarify what this all means. And it didn't go well with many people uh, for a number of reasons. But the main the main line here, okay, there's, there's a couple. Of, so he says, a foundational doctrine of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is that marriage 
between a man and a woman is ordained of God, and that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children. And church leaders have long taught these principles. That's nothing, no surprises there. But then the next paragraph, same-sex romantic behavior cannot lead to eternal marriage and is therefore not compatible with the principles included in the honor code. So this says two things. Obviously, same-sex behavior or demonstrations of, of gayness, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, <laughs> that not, came out well. Not, thank you. Is not in line with the honor code. And also, that's essentially saying that behavior, any is that saying any behavior that does not lead to eternal marriage is also, therefore, not compatible with the honor code? Because you could also interpret it that far. And before we get into the full discussion, there's a great piece up by Common Consent, which raise, which goes after that question, like, okay, so, like, what about NICMO? The is- worst the worst thing ever. The ugh, okay, Nickma. well, you, just, you clearly had no fun in college. Oh but, no, no, no! I don't mean like that in general. I just hate the name Nickmo. It's stupid, yes, but but we know it exists and we understand what it means. And especially something. Sure, you could get your make out on, and then later on realize, oh, I have feelings for this person, and it becomes a loving relationship. Why not? Or you could also be two people at BYU who are totally cool with just making out for funsies, and you have zero intention of courting one another. Therefore, those actions are not going to lead to a temple marriage. So therefore, should they be banned as incompatible with the honor code? Obviously, the answer is yes. So I love the I love the point. Sam Brunson writes some good stuff. He also says, for that matter, most dates and relationships aren't going to end up in eternal marriage. So is just heterosexual dating incompatible with the honor code because of that? What about just hanging out with people of your own gender when it's not likely to lead to eternal marriage? Incompatible. What about members who date and marry non-members? Those relationships are not going to lead to eternal marriage. What if you choose to date a non-member when you're at BYU? And that's not compatible with the honor code then. That's the argument made here. And I think if you look at the pure text of what Elder Johnson says, it's easy to see how BYU will probably have to issue yet another correction because someone is asleep at the wheel at church PR for years now. I don't understand how this keeps happening, but uh, we make a lot of it. But obviously the big thing here is that there's plenty of people who now just feel completely blindsided by the church. Like two weeks ago, the church is like, yeah, you, you can have your expressions of homosexuality but you know, keep the law of chastity, as anyone else should. Understand that we're not going to back gay marriage or anything, but you can do that. And now they just totally pulled the rug out from any of those individuals and said, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's not great. Um, I, I feel like this whole answer can't really be answered so uh, black and white because – you know, they, the church probably can't come out and say, uh, no, 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 sorry, that was all a mistake. And we're going back to none, like, no, any, any sort of example of a homosexual relationship, like, no, bad, don't do that. I, I, you can't really backtrack from that because I then feel like it admits that there's this, kind of level of hypocrisy going on. Like, we love all people and preach that God loves all of his children. Um, but there's also this ideal that we're taught, you know, to organize ourselves into family units and be sealed in the temple that bring the highest joy. Um, but that also isn't available to everyone. It's such a tricky issue. I feel like, um, 
And this one really made me feel pretty torn because I, I really felt like, you know, President Nelson's whole message and mission since he's become, you know, the president of the church has been really paring down the messages, sticking to the basics. You know, God loves you. We and we must love other people. And I find that message to be pretty satisfying. But then, as you say, like there are other issues that can't really be solved by necessarily just saying like God loves you and we love you. Like we need more of a response, more of an explanation. And yeah, as you mentioned, the our PR has <laughs> dropped the ball big time on many, many issues, not just this one. I actually, so, if I can interject, I was talking. Yeah. I was talking with uh, a friend about this just last week. And I'm starting to log these things. I need to write these down because I really feel like ever since Michael Otterson left as the head of church public affairs, obviously this doesn't happen all the time, okay? But I feel like the number of gaffes or or situations where corrections are issued, where clarification comes out, has increased dramatically ever since Michael Otterson left at the helm of church PR. I want to know if any of you agree with me. Send me an email, jeff at com, And if you can remember any instances of that, please let me know because I want to start actually cataloging this and see if there is a legitimate trend or, or not. I want to test the hypothesis. I think you should. Back to you. Back to you I, I'm also I'm also wondering if you're trying to uh, lobby for that position in your future, seeing you know, as it bothers you so much. I don't think I do well in like church public affairs. <laughs> Why? Or, it's Which is ironic because I work in communications and public affairs. Cause it's a, Seems like a good fit. Comms and public affairs is a funny thing because, you know, most of it is, I think there's some hilarious quote that basically says, like, if it's not journalism, it's just public affairs. Like, true, like, journalism should make you uncomfortable and ask annoying questions. Otherwise, it's just, otherwise, it's just PR, which is kind of true in a sense. A little bit. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, church public affairs would be fun. I don't think they'd have me. I have a beard. I have 10 years of history on, on this show making fun of some church organizations even as a a card carrying active member i don't i don't you think it's going to work you probably have Josie. a tattoo for all i know i don't think that it's going to work Josie. i don't think it's going to work i i i lobbied actively to block the bill that would decriminalize polygamy in utah i mean they're not going <laughs> to uh well yeah that rules you out 100% because everyone wanted that one to come back. Well, no, the, the legislature Ugh. passed it unanimously. That's the thing. The largely LDS legislature passed it unanimously. So I, I am saddened by – I don't have all the answers when it comes to a lot of LGBT issues. I don't. Like I have a lot of compassion for people in, in those situations and how difficult it is, especially tr- striving to be a faithful Latter-day Saint, but also yeah. this whole other part of you that feels like it runs counter to that sometimes. Um, and the hardest thing with this is I've seen – I'm sure the media will blow this out of proportion, but many people who are now just trying to transfer out of BYU because they feel betrayed and they're just saying, nope, I'm just going to go to UVU, something like that. Like I can't hang here at BYU anymore because you guys – don't have my back and you've acted like you had my back and then you broke my heart and told me you didn't have my back at all. Yeah. And that, and that I am less than in a sense. And we understand the church has standards. I mean, that's part of this. That's, that shouldn't be a surprise, right? This is a, this is a university owned by a largely culturally conservative religious body whose stance on, at least as far as things like same sex marriage in and of itself is not has not really changed. Is not going to change, even if we're trying to sort of smooth out some of the messaging around those issues. So, 
it's tough. I feel for everyone who's uh, who feels a lot of pain because of all it's of this. It's interesting, though, because I, I've heard a lot, and I wonder about some other people's opinions about this, because you say that it, like the policy won't change, or I guess not even technically a policy, but like, you know, the the entire like doctrine around marriage be- being between a man and a woman. There are actually a lot of people out there that do feel like there will be a time when um, homosexual couples will be able to go to the temple. I mean, and that's, I think, very controversial to a lot of people. Obviously, I have no idea, <laughs> but I've heard it very that's... earnestly being brought up as like at least a hope. And I think if anything, it shows that that's what's missing at the moment. Like we haven't really provided hope. No, but I think I honestly think that's misplaced hope. I hate to say it. I think we're trying to make inroads in a lot of areas, but I, I just I don't see a situation where the church pivots that hard and allows and for one just is okay with same sex marriage in general, even in a civil context. Yeah, and then goes as far as to have same sex uh, temple marriages. I just I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to try to keep working on outreach and being better as Latter Day Saints, as better Christians. And loving people, and inevitably, we're always going to face some blowback because people are going to say, "Yeah, but if you love these people, why are you still making them only you know eighty percent of a whole person, more or less, with the way they're treated?" Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's going to change. I think we can make it sound better all we want, but that's always going to linger there. And all we can do is just sort of awkwardly sh- shrug and say, "Well, like we do love them, but y- yeah, we don't. We're never going to like endorse this part of it, and it's just not going to happen." Yeah. I don't know. I would love for something to be able to change somehow. I don't know if it would be like, you know, less focus on, um, you know, gosh, I don't know. I was going to say like less focus on, you know, then that's like becoming that family unit is your potential for like your highest joy because that really rubs salt in the wound. But I mean, it's also one of our basic principles, I guess. I I just, I don't know how we can provide more hope. Um, and again, like I, I have no idea what the future right. could hold on this, but I, I do really feel like we got to do something more because this, it's not the same thing. And I think it used to be compared to like alcohol a lot previously, you know, that we love people who may drink or have sex outside of marriage, even though like we're not living that lifestyle. But, um, I mean, you can ask any LGBTQ person that if this is a lifestyle they're living and that is like a major insult. So it's, it's more than that. It's yeah, not yeah. like a, please don't just drink alcohol for the weekend. Like we we're dealing with something completely different. Yeah. I really hate the term a homosexual lifestyle. Quote, oh, unquote. I think that's a horrible cringe. thing to say. Uh, and it's funny you bring up alcohol like that. Cause my, my thinking on this, all these issues has evolved a lot over the years. Uh, I remember, I think, I think it was on my mission. I think my mission president gave a, an analogy of sorts basically talking about same-sex attraction and he just said look it's not any different than like you know he's like there are people who have a genetic disposition towards alcoholism that still doesn't make drinking okay even though you're born that way it still means it's something you have to fight through and learn to deal with and learn to make peace with and and still sort of set it aside even if it's your natural predilection um and he sort of said gay feelings are the same thing like 
you might be born with them. I'm not saying you're not born with them, but it's like, what do you do with those feelings? You just, you have to learn to set them aside and reach for higher things. And I get where he was going with that. And in the time of that, that no. age, I, when I was younger, I was like, that's a perfect explanation for this. Thank you, mission president. I love how you're selling this, but it is like way more nuanced than that because it's just, you know, uh, telling someone not to drink isn't the same as telling someone not to feel the attractions they feel. Even if I, I could see like the fundamentals of the arguments that were being made in that case and understand where it comes from and how it can seem fa- sound, but that's uh, tough. It's tough. I love our, our, uh, our gay brothers and sisters and it's not an easy place to be. I'm really thankful to those that stick it out and like are still here because they care enough and they want to make it all work and they don't run away. But I don't, I don't blame those who can't hang with it anymore given everything that goes we we're, I feel like we're getting better in general it's always like six steps forward and then you know four steps back uh and then we keep going but but like honestly even if we had the messaging right you're still asking a person to be celibate for their entire life which is honestly devastating essentially yeah yeah and that's why and I, I think the hard thing is when this BYU th- change happened at first people said oh this is a great area of clarification because I think a lot of folks wondered like okay if like Having being gay is no longer an honor code violation. That's still the case at BYU. But everyone said, like, we talked about it before. We're like, where's the line? Like, if I'm being chased in the sense, like, if I'm not being sexual, am I allowed to hold hands or kiss or can I do things like this? And I think that was a big gray area for a long time. And then the church removed or BYU removed that part of the honor code. And everyone said, whoa, okay. So if I'm chased, I can do it. And now they've come back and gone even farther the other way, I think, by at least clarifying and saying, no, 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 if you have those gay feelings, you can't just cuddle up with your same-sex partner on the weekends and make out and stuff as long as you're not fooling around, per se. Uh, I honestly don't even feel like the statement is a clarification at all. It doesn't feel, yeah, yeah, it doesn't even feel like we're going back to, oh, no, 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 please don't hold hands and, like, please stay, like, with you know, a couple feet apart. It's it's not even that. It's more just like, let's please, let's go ahead and reopen this wound, just tear it apart and say, yeah, just in case you guys forgot, this doesn't lead to eternal marriage, therefore not compatible. Like, that is way worse than going, oh, hey, sorry, guys, like, maybe let's just, you know, not hold hands on campus. Like, that would have not been good, but it feels, I think it would have felt slightly less yeah. bad than this 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 just feels like well uh, <laughs> they're here, trying here, to be subtle and it's just a well, here, here's the, the important thing to remember though is elder johnson is threading a very very small needle right here because while byu is a private institution there's still some element of federal funding that goes into it even something as much as a pell grant for example, right? So if you have right. any, any any relationship with the federal government for education, then some of those you know civil law standards come into effect in one way or another. So I don't think the church can ever go as far as just to be like, you know, it's one thing to say it's an honor code violation, but basically they have to be really careful and try to, they're trying to say, these are our standards. This is what we're aiming for and what we're doing. Uh, but you can like set it aside and still be here because if they run too far too far one way, they're going to confuse people and act like they're accepting of gay behavior. If they run too far the other way, they're going to face federal issues and accreditation problems down the line. Uh, it's not an easy place to be in. I think that's part of why the messaging seems does seem vaguer than it needs to be. 
Uh, That's interesting, though. I, d- just, I hadn't it, thought of that perspective. It's just this middle place. Yeah, it's just it's it's. Uh, I don't envy them that. I don't. It's easy to be critical of it, but I also know that lawyers are actively involved in any statement like this, and like it is Ooh, a lot of the time. And I think they might need some new ones. Like, come on, <laughs> we can honestly do better than this. But like it is a lot of the time. Like sometimes the safest thing to say from a legal standpoint is something that sort of amounts to not saying anything at all (laughs) yeah and that's what happens it's stupid but that's what happens yeah Uh, all right we need we need to move on to some other areas uh real quick i just want to give big props to president eyring who according to the church took his ministry to idaho by opening the legislative session of idaho's state legislature um i just love this because i feel like it expands dramatically what counts as ministering. So if you're up there, you're president hiring and you're just like ringing the bell or whatever and giving some talks, you are ministering apparently to all the state government. And while Idaho has a substantial letter to St. Population, it's not like it, it's not like this was, you know, Utah's legislature. This was plenty of non Latter day Saint people who are probably like, who is this, this tall, lonely man who's clearly not good enough friends with down and Russell to be part of their fun club. Who is this poor fellow? But I think it's great that he did this guy. He seemed very happy to be there, gave some remarks. I love the picture of him speaking from the lectern because the young man to his right has some some beautiful hair and a bright That's red shirt. That's exactly what I thought. He's, <laughs> and no look, no eyeballs on Irene at all. Just this guy's hair is yeah, delicious. He's pretty awesome. So uh, good for the him. The red shirt and tie, very poor choice. But the hair is redeemable just yes. just going with that anyways so anyway, in other, a, she's a true minister everybody she's ministering hard and other um movements from the 12 um elder ballard gave some lovely remarks at byu now that we're back and talking about byu um so you can go ahead and watch that video of his talk it's complete with the, the usual Old man jokes about technology like, I admit I can barely figure out my smartphone, which, by the way, is very smart. Um, well, the thing delightful. is, in, in these remarks, he really tried. I mean, I think he, he gave some uh, – he talked he a lot about the, the importance comedy. of finding truth. He went for comedy, which he does. No, I'm just – yeah, but – but but he really Jokes stressed the aside. importance of us like of us like getting along and being respectful of each other. The interesting thing is these remarks happened I think the day before the uh, honor code clarification came through, which I yeah. which created an even bigger contrast because it seemed before that they were sort of riding in the wake of that great change. Of he's saying you know be more accepting, be more loving, don't be hateful towards each other, and then that thing came out. And then, um, and in another delightful story there's a mother who has <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Pa- i freaking, haven't even gotten there yet freaking, i just see the one you choose and i'm like oh yes Payson. Uh, not, is all it, is not well in Payson. it's fantastic now i can't even get through it this mother has been arrested for feeding her three-year-old daughter marijuana butter and what the um, heck is marijuana butter Sounds so gross. Her house must stink, honestly. You, uh, <laughs> yes, it just exactly what does that smell? <laughs> smells. 
does the does this the butter actually does the butter does the butter smell like weed? Does it just have THC in it? Like I want to. I'm okay. I'm gonna at the it risk says of that she's experimenting with different levels of THC on herself and her three year old child. And I'm very cons- I kept scrolling through this thinking that maybe the child had like some chronic pain syndromes or something. Yeah, but there's no mention of that at all. It's just this poor girl. All right, hold on. We're gonna. Is a quick and even learn, worse. I've I've looked up how to make cannabis butter real quick. I, just so everyone knows, I did this in an incognito window so that Google will not think I'm interested in this. Um, <laughs> can of butter is one of the simplest and most common can ways butter? to make infused cannabis edib- edibles. So you, uh, it can be tricky though to make sure it activates its psychoactive potential. <laughs> you have to heat up some of the cannabis to get the THC just right, Ooh. and then you mix it up with some butter. And you got a stew, baby. You put it on the last. <laughs> but she Sorry. didn't even use real butter. It's probably like margarine or something. I'm not, par- I'm not part of this world, but I like the tips. One is to like decarb the cannabis. You don't want carbs in your butter. No way. You got you to put that cannabis in the oven and decarb it. Then you grind it up. You melt the butter. You add the cannabis. You simmer it together. You strain the can of butter. So it's infused now. You refrigerate it. And then the final tip is to dose carefully. Oh. Be careful. Okay. You may be the kind of person who likes to smear that butter all over your bagel, but if you get too serious, you're gonna you're just gonna get hungrier. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> but back this to this is wonder- horrible. Take us back to the wonderful world of Payson, though. Yeah. Rosie. What so, is going on here? Well, so she, so the mother called the police, not on herself. She was calling it because there was like six other men who were arguing and one of them was slashing tires no sorry three of the guys were slashing tires on a car i don't know if this is a regular pastime but sounds like they were bored or they were all high i have no idea um and one of those men um who was slashing the tires turned out to be sebastian francis west who was wanted at the time for an investigation into the assault on a black missionary from our church like earlier this year. Yeah, this was like a couple of weeks ago. All this, yeah, that all this went down. So, so there's, there's like a whole club in pace just causing this problems. This is like, oh, it's incestual. It's horrible. <laughs> so strange. Um, so yeah, he's arrested in connection with this alleged hate crime, and then I guess the police go into the house, and then they're kind of like, hey, we need a warrant because there's like a bunch of bombs around, and there's something <laughs> going down. <laughs> Hey, and- yeah. hey uh, so uh, <laughs> Phil there, we need to get a warrant because there's like a bunch of bombs or something. Yeah, All pipes, right. bombs, grinders, and a scale. Drug paraphernalia. So, oh, and knives and swords were also found on the ground, mixed in there with the toys of the three-year-old child. I hope child. these swords were official Lord of the Rings. They were probably uh, samurai swords. <laughs> just, yeah, uh, I just love to guess. I love these people. Oh, gosh. So, um... Yeah, that's that happened. And then they opened the fridge, and that's when they found the marijuana butter, because she labeled it Who marijuana feeds, butter. And she was deliberately <laughs> feeding it to her child? Uh, it's that's so what I don't gross. get. I, where does is it your come mind out, if you're, does it come if you're out thinking? brown? No, is the pictures I saw. It, no, because I think you're basically just infusing it with the weed, and you strain it. So uh, it might get some of the color from the, the green. Green? But the pictures I saw, it looked like just a yellower butter. Yellow butter? Gross. Yellow butter. 
Man, now I'm supposed to... America like yellow you, butter. You know, I remember once many years ago, I had a, one of the best meals of my life in Nashville. And part of the fun was they brought a breadboard that had different types of, of flavor-infused butters. And I just can't imagine how much fun that would be in Colorado, where instead, weed like butter would be part of the fun. you think it's like rosemary and instead it's like... Exactly. Like you look at it like, oh, this thyme and rosemary looks lovely. <laughs> like, ooh, the herby butter. I want I that it. one. So um, here's a story that still doesn't make a ton of sense. And I feel like it should because it's from LegalNewsLine.com. The headline says, Mormon Church accused of embezzling couple's estate. Just the whole estate. Just like it's ours now. So sit back. So this is very short and we'll try to make sense of it. But it says that Max and Joyce Elison are suing the Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the law offices of Curtin McConkie, which is the church's main law office, for embezzling the estate during the estate planning process. Now, it says that they claim as the defendants stole, quote, tens of millions of oil properties in Texas, Utah, Wyoming, and Colorado. Now, I don't work in the industry, but I want to assume this means tens of millions of dollars worth of oil properties because I just don't know if there's actually tens of millions of physical oil locations anywhere in the U.S. I mean, how many oil derricks in the U.S.? That's if I thing. Google this right now, there's nine hundred. There's more than about 900,000 active oil and gas wells in the United States, and that includes those that are in the ocean. So I don't think there are tens of millions of them. But they say that, yeah, there was, um, quote, all evidence proves that the defendants used fraudulent misrepresentation to secure the estate planning relationship and told me that I needed to secure outside legal counsel for both myself and my father and his and my mother's estates. And I don't know why the church was involved in any estate planning for people who owned a bunch of oil properties in the West. All evidence. All evidence points to this. And apparently the church took it. And now it's ours, and it's part of our portfolio, which is great, I guess. Maybe it funded City Creek. That's where all that Josie, this just happened. City Creek's already paid for. Everyone goes to H&M. It's fine. We're good. Oh, okay. Oh, come on. H&M is lovely, you international snob. I'm not an international snob. I just would like to be able to wash my clothes maybe at least twice without them falling apart. Okay, that's fair. Yep. Thank you. That's fair. So this was actually a decent little dose of transparency that we've been hoping for. So the church has disclosed some of this magnificent portfolio that we've apparently been embezzling from other oil properties. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Uh So, uh yeah, that's where it all came from. Um, So we released like this big document with all of our – well, not all, sorry, I – uh, misspoke. So some of the portfolio, which included um, a little over 1,600 stocks and mutual funds. And there's a basically the document is a big list of companies and how much we've invested in them, essentially. So the big ones are Apple and Microsoft. And then there's other tech ones like Google, Amazon, Facebook are in there. And then the other big ones are healthcare and financial services. There's no investments into coffee chains, anything with cigarette or beer manufacturing. Um, also, yeah. strangely, yeah. none into like Coke and Pepsi, which obviously was kind of like, what does this mean? I thought 
soda was okay. Uh, so I. It's okay, but they're not like pushing it. It's just okay. I feel like we're focusing too much on white, what each one of these things might mean. And also, I wonder, like, I wasn't really craving any sort of disclosure like this. I, I was hoping for transparency and other things, like, you know, how the money is spent and divided. I'm not uh-huh. as interested in the portfolio but i don't know maybe some people are like yes i'm totally going to invest in this exact same portfolio <laughs> See, because that's, there's the tips that's, right? that's, the church that should create its own way the church should have to, its own index fund that you can actually just call up in your trading app i'd be all for that I would well we've essentially in- just provided it so i, know, I, I want 100 percent Oh, you want it automatic? You want to do zero? I, I want to be able to go on Vanguard and find a fund that's called like VLDS, and it has all these funds, and you Excellent. use them, and and you enjoy the low fees. I think that sounds awesome. Perfect. Yeah, it tell us a tender. Just remember, the church owns part of Burger King, per- courtesy of Mitt Romney's tithing. Just remember that. He is a tither. When Mitt Romney ran for president and disclosed his finances, we learned that part of his tithing was to give stock, which is not uncommon for people who are more well-to-do. They work through different – they set up their own their own organizations and all kinds of things. Uh, and part of that was basically he gave the church Burger King stock. It was a number of I other stocks in the package. That. But we own part of Burger King, which oh, is awesome. excellent. The worst fast food place in America. Well, maybe White Castle. But yeah, you know. What is White Castle? Oh, Josie, welcome back to America. I have a course, been, uh, you're I currently say, you are the, currently in the land of Whataburger, and the, the Texans listening will hate me for saying people it's fine, but now you have in and out in the Dallas area, so embrace that and make them oh you know, I haven't been yet see it seems like you haven't done anything in Texas based I've on done loads of things. Tonight. I would just say that the food has been wildly over stated in its grandeur did you even go to the sixth floor museum yet no no i haven't oh my gosh who are (laughs) you but my parents were over for the weekend and they had to show me the x on the street and i was like hooray like that's nice that's where a man was shot in the head that's great (laughs) i don't want to go down this conspiracy hole uh, All right. Yes. Go, Anyways, back on the food. Could, gonna, could, could be better. That's I'm going to throw a couple quick mentions at you, and then we're going to wrap up here. A uh, cool article from the Daily Universe I call it about religious OCD when faith becomes an obsession, which I thought was kind of interesting. So he's talking about being essentially overcome by a fear of living in sin or of having blasphemous thoughts or of being unworthy of God's love or that your prayers aren't sincere enough or that you're not reading your scriptures enough or... Uh, like that you're always visiting places of worship in an OCD sense, because like basically you can't do enough to be churchy enough and it consumes you in an unhealthy way. Um, I think this is actually an interesting argument and a pretty good article worth checking out. Uh, he calls it scrupulosity. You know, you're being scrupulous, religiously scrupulous Wor- worth your time. It was kind of a cool article. I'm glad they published something along these lines. And uh, another thing, Lori Vallow is like, and the, this is the whole saga, the Idaho people who went to Hawaii, and then she got arrested in Hawaii and extradited back to Idaho. And I love that the tone for this announcement has just 
change dramatically to I extreme not, sarcasm of like, I don't even this, want to talk about this. I'm not as passionate about this story, but it's okay. gripping many, many people. We'll leave uh, that to the sisters. And the last one here is the church has been p- published some, I mostly laughed because the picture of it, it's called, how do I find the right Christian church for me? And the picture shows a man standing in front of a building that says LDS Chapel, which of all the chapels to choose, why did they choose one that doesn't use the correct name of the church? It's Dang beyond it. me. Yeah. I, I know why, because Michael Otterson is gone, and that's why this keeps happening. But um, Add that to your list. So, but it's it's comeuntochrist.org, which is formerly uh, mormon.org, and it's like, how do I find the right Christian church for me? And basically, it's like, well, we're going to tell you. It's our church. We have found the church, and you don't need to worry about this. And here's how you, here's how you find the meeting house. Please and thank you. Don't cough on the sacrament. And that is the... Uh, because we don't want to spread coronavirus. Now, if I can leave you all with one bit of counsel, everyone, I'd like to remind you, the handbook of instruction says that those preparing and passing the sacrament should cleanse their hands before they take part in the ordinance. I have never seen a deacon, even as much as squirt some Purell on his hands before passing the sacrament. I think now is a good opportunity for wards uh, and young men's leadership to revisit hygiene surrounding the sacrament and encourage everyone involved to uh, scrub up before they go into surgery, as it were. I think that would be a good thing. That is my PSA for the week. You're welcome. And sit at the front of church so that then you don't have a bunch of other children grabbing at the bread pieces that you maybe were going to grab at in the sacrament. Now, That's my hot tip. Uh, did you get, so- get to the bread first. We've also learned recently because of, of history that there, uh, years ago, the uh, church used to, used to, saints passed around a shared cup. Oh, yeah. That's nasty. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's why they'd also sit in the front. So, good deal. Well, everybody, we hope you've enjoyed the past hour with us. We hope you'll jo- go to thisweekendmormons.com and subscribe to the show if you've never done so. If you subscribe to it, you'll get the download automatically, usually every Tuesday night-ish, sometimes Wednesday, when the show comes out. And you'll be so happy about this. It'll make your whole week. You'll have a better demeanor. Your spouse will love you more. Your relationships will improve. Uh, your 401k will get better. Uh, your, your, yes. I'm, I'm serious. All your, the MLM you're working towards, your downstream will grow. All of these good things will happen if you subscribe to this show and leave us a positive review. I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you to follow Josie through her various channels and to, uh, you know, remember Josie's out there. She's awesome. Josie's a freelance writer, so if you ever need any freelance writing as well, she's very busy, but you never know. You never know what Josie could do for you. Yes, please come and read all my delightful stories about sexual abuse. I've got all of it. Here for you to read. No, I read about other stuff, too. And that's the name of this episode, everyone. I'm not going to name it Delightful Stories of Sexual Abuse, because that's terrible, Josie. What's wrong with you? Oh, I just, I mean, look, you get gallows humor when you read these things all that's, day long that's fair. so that's fair but stick it out with josie she'll be back of course as will everyone else and uh, we'll join you once again next week as we break down the latter-day saint news once more here on this week in mormons and until that time for josie i'm jeff be well be holy and be feliz this week in mormons This week in Mormons This week in Mormons The original
Original Mormon News Podcast. I've looked at this for five hours now. I like the green one and the red circle right here. I'm tearing up, man. <laughs>